Regular listeners to this podcast have heard us talk about the Patent Trial and Appeal Board, or PTAB, where issues of patentability are often resolved. Back on October 31st, Halloween of all days, a federal circuit panel held that PTAB's administrative patent judges were improperly appointed. Now, what does this mean for the thousands of decisions reached by PTAB and for the hundreds of cases pending? We have Jones Day's Matt Johnson and Dave Cochran here to tell us. I'm Dave Dalton. You're listening to Jones Day Talks. Matt Johnson is one of Jones Day's primary contacts for matters before the PTAB. He currently co-chairs the firm's PTAB sub-practice and is the administrator of Jones Day's PTAB litigation blog. Find that at ptablitigationblog.com. Dave Cochran provides patent prosecution, portfolio development, due diligence, patent litigation, PTAB litigation, appellate, and international patent services. He has prosecuted hundreds of patent applications throughout the world and has been lead technical lawyer on more than 50 patent litigation matters at various U.S. district courts. Dave, Matt, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Hey, Dave, one of the things we've talked about in our prior chats here on Jones Day Talks and relative to the PTAB is the PTO's efforts, especially Director Yanku, to improve operations at the PTAB, uh, make those operations feel fair to all parties, petitioners, and patent owners. Generally speaking, how's all that been going? You know, it's it's actually been going really well. I would say in the last um, you know the last year or so, year and a half, things at the PTAB have really become more streamlined. And you may you may recall from our prior uh, discussions about the Patent Trial and Appeal Board that you know it, in the last six years, this, this has become the number one place for patent disputes in the United States, greater than any of the district courts. Only you know Delaware and the Eastern District of Texas really rival the Patent Trial and Appeal Board in terms of the number of cases, the number of disputes that they hear. And the other thing that's really interesting is um, almost half of the appeals that go to the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit, which hears all of our patent appeals, Mm -hmm. almost half of those now are more than half are coming from the PTAB. So it it has really become the, the place to be. So streamlining operations there has become really critical. And there's a number of things the Patent Office has done, including they, they came out with an updated trial practice guide, which came out this summer. It helps practitioners understand, you know, the rules of the road for how these proceedings are gonna gonna occur. That's been really helpful. They also formed this this new body called the Presidential Opinion Panel or the or the POP. And and this is a group of the director and the chief administrative law judge and and others that that can hear issues that that apply across the board to PTAB actions and issue precedential decisions that people can follow. So instead of, you know, we've we've got almost 200 administrative law judges in panels of three issuing decisions every day. And sometimes the decisions aren't are contrary to each other. Mm-hmm. So the presidential opinion panel was put in place this year in order to deal with that. That's been really helpful. They've also had some rulemaking efforts uh, to try to streamline again some of the activities at the PTAB, such as the motion to amend practice, which has been a difficulty for patent owners. So, so okay. all things considered, yeah, things have been going much smoother, I would say, at the PTAB yeah, that, in terms of administration. Sounds, sounds like a success story. I mean, in terms of the volume of cases they're seeing, uh, sounds to me like they keep trying to improve everything. Uh, some of the 
I wouldn't say reforms, they weren't reforms, some of the improvements to process they put in place recently. So sounds like PTAB's rolling. Hey, Matt, what would you add to that? Anything? Yeah, I, th- I think the efforts to make PTAB process more predictable, more streamlined, uh, have been very successful over the last year or two through Director Iancu's leadership. And, and a couple of those that Dave mentioned are, are interesting. The the rulemaking and the presidential opinion panel, they're, they're interesting because they, they provide avenues for stakeholders to provide their input proactively rather than reactively. So for instance, the presidential opinion panel, it's a live case that has an issue that's of importance to the PTAB. And they'll, when they convene one of these presidential opinion panels, they'll allow amicus briefing from third parties mm-hmm. to chime in and help the PTAB decide what direction to go on this interesting, often procedural issue so that they're, they're not just making the decision for that one case, but they're going to come up with a board precedent going forward that considers what hopefully everyone has to think about it. Okay, so things are going well at the PTAB. Good processes in place, better levels of predictability. All's well, but a little bit of a curveball or bump in the road, right, Matt? Tell us what happened. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, it was Halloween and federal <laughs> trick circuit, or treat. Yeah, the federal circuit gave the PTAB world a bit of a jolt, a bit of a scare. Ruled in a presidential decision that all the appointments of PTAB judges over the last seven years were unconstitutional, potentially throwing the system into a bit of chaos. This is the Arthrex v. Smith and Nephew case. Yeah, it does potentially call into question all about 3,000 final written decisions that the board's come to over the last seven years. More immediately, there are 600 or so instituted PTAB cases between institution decision and final written decision, and a couple hundred cases that are from between the PTAB final written decision and ultimate resolution of an appeal at the federal circuit. So there's a lot of cases that this potentially affects. Can you repeat those numbers again? You gave me some notes before. I can't believe that. That's in the thousands you said over the last seven years, right? Yeah, yeah, 3,000 final written decisions, uh, you know, 600, 600 currently pending cases, two, 300 that are in the appeal phase. So the impact here is potentially really large. And what the Federal Circuit found in the Arthrex decision was that the PTAB judges really exercise significant authority pursuant to the United States laws. And because they exert that authority, they have to have proper supervision, either themselves being properly appointed by another branch of the government or the president with confirmation by the Senate, or be overseen by such a party. And the Federal Circuit said, really, these PTAB judges don't have the appropriate level of supervision, and so their appointments were unconstitutional. Good grief. Now, like I said, things seem to be going pretty well, and now you have something like this come about. Let's go back to Dave. So potentially, PTAB judges were unconstitutionally appointed over the last seven years. This is no small thing. I mean, are we looking at a potentially chaotic situation moving forward? Well, yeah, yes and no. The panel in, in this presidential case was, I think they realized that just saying, you know, all 3,000 or so final decisions of the PTAB over the last seven years are now unconstitutional was a real problem that they couldn't stomach. So they were very careful. They crafted a remedy to this problem of whether administrative law judges of the PTAB are principal officers, which have to be appointed by the president and approved by the Senate, or are they merely inferior officers, which they can be appointed by the Secretary of Commerce or the Director of the Patent Office. So they they crafted a remedy. What they basically did was they said, well, these PTAB judges, if we get rid of the part of the statute, which effectively protects their job, prevents them from being fired uh, without cause, 
then they'll they'll be subject to supervision by the director who can now you basically fire them at will they become at will employees and so they they basically removed this employment protection for the ptab judges and because of that they sort of magically became constitutionally appointed but only from that point forward they only provided it prospectively so the net effect of that is that it, it only and the, and the remedy is such that it only will affect cases that are essentially on appeal that have had a, a final written decision and have had the oral hearing and are on appeal to the court of appeals to the federal circuit and where the parties have raised this appointments clause issue so it is dramatically restricted mm-hmm. the number of ptap cases that this will actually apply to so instead of being you know all 3000 final decisions it's a much smaller universe of cases that are potentially going to be affected by this. Okay, so it certainly could have been worse. All right, Matt, talk to us about the current state of play. What's going on right now? As Dave said, the Federal Circuit really tried to self-limit the chaos that has been caused by this decision that all PTAB judges are have been unconstitutionally appointed uh, thus far. Their, their suggested remedy, as Dave said, limited to cases that are currently in the appeal phase of their trials, was to remand the case, cases on appeal back to the PTAB and in order to avoid it just the remand just being a rubber stamp of the original decision the federal circuit panel said that the the case has to be remanded to the PTAB for a new oral hearing and new final written decision by a different panel of, of judges so they limited it to these a couple hundred cases that are that are on appeal and they said how we fix it we send it back new hearing new final written decision Okay. Still, even if we limit it to just a couple hundred cases on a, on appeal, still potentially large effect on some big cases with a, a lot of value, a lot of money at stake. So still a big deal here. And, and I think the Federal Circuit has has further recognized through some dissents and concurrences among the judges in, in follow-on cases that mm-hmm. the whole Federal Circuit may not be in exact alignment, exact agreement as to what the appropriate remedy is. It, for the PTAB judges being unconstitutional appointments. Mm-hmm. It looked at first like there may be a flood of remands back to the PTAB, you know, potentially a couple hundred remands in a very short period of time. Right. The U.S. government in the Arthrex case has, has indicated that they're going to ask for en banc rehearing, mm-hmm. and the Federal Circuit has taken some steps to slow that pace of remands while they decide whether to take this up on rehearing. Because I think a little concern about remanding a couple hundred cases in view that the Arthrex decision and remedy may ultimately change in the meanwhile. When might we know if that's going to be reheard and back, I guess, is what I'm asking. The government's request for a rehearing is due here in the next week or two. So we should, within a few weeks after that, hear the Federal Circuit's decision on whether to to take up the case on rehearing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think based on reading the tea leaves, I think there's a really strong likelihood. There are definitely some judges who have expressed some uncomfort with the current state of play of the Arthrex decision. And so I I think there's going to be some further arguing and potentially some massaging of the Arthrex state of play before we're done here. Okay. Well, certainly we'll stay on top of that. Let's wrap up with this. I'll go to both you, David, first. What should interested parties do right now? Because we're Jones Day Talks. We just don't opine. We give people good practical information. Dave Cochran, if you've got something maybe going to PTAB, if you have something, what are you telling your clients right now? What should PTAB interested parties be looking for or doing? 
Well, as you know, as always, Dave, if someone is interested in, in understanding what's happening at the Patent Trial and Appeal Board, the first thing you should do is go to the Jones Day PTAB litigation blog, which right. is ptablitigationblog.com, where, as you know, we, we provide a complete coverage of what's happening at the PTAB on a daily basis. And in, in fact, I think we've already written seven or eight or 10 articles on the, just, just on this issue. Right. So that, that's what I would recommend. If, you're, okay. if you want to know what's happening at the PTAB, Jones Day PTAB litigation blog, that's where you go. Stay tuned. All right. Matt, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I, I think if you have specific questions about the Arthrex state of play, we're at the cutting edge of this and, and ready to talk about it and really give some in-depth in strategy advice. We have internally starting points for advice on all postures of, of PTAB matters from those that are early on to those that are at the appeal stage to, right. to those that are fully wrapped up and passed their federal circuit mandate. We have ideas for, for some things that folks should consider in possibly defending against or um, taking advantage of the Arthrex state of play. So definitely up for chatting with folks about this. And, and it's something that we're thinking about very carefully and keeping an eye on day to day, hour to hour. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't know how you guys keep up. I mean, any part of the law is complicated, but with what you guys deal with, in IP in general, and this this area in particular is just uh, astounding to me. And how you guys do it, I don't even want to know. But it's all good that you do. <laughs> hey, we've got a couple podcasts coming up with you guys in the next month or so. We're going to revisit this issue, however it comes out, once this moves forward or as the story advances. And also, early next year, we'll do a look back at PTAB for 2019 and maybe what to look for in 2020. So we're looking forward to those programs. You guys are always great. So thanks for yes, being with great. us today. Hey, thank Thanks, you, Dave. Dave. Appreciate Good up. All right. Hey, you can find complete bios of Dave Cochran and Matt Johnson at jonesday.com. Be sure and visit the IP page, the intellectual property page, and go to our insights tab. There you'll find all sorts of podcasts, publications, videos, white papers, and other real, real good information there. You can subscribe to Jones Day Talks and Apple Podcasts and wherever else your podcasts can be found. I'm Dave Dalton. You've been listening to Jones Day Talks. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Jones Day Talks. Comments heard on Jones Day Talks should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. The opinions expressed on Jones Day Talks are those of lawyers appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information, please visit jonesday.com.